Welcome to Life Source Church. We are so glad you found us. We hope that you will experience God with us as you hear the preaching of the Word. How effective the issue of money is at revealing what's really in our hearts. And I guess it shouldn't surprise us because in the book of Proverbs, chapter 4, verse 23, uh, God gave us this wisdom. He says, guard your heart. With all diligence, for out of it are all the issues of life. And so money is one of those issues in our lives, and so it connects with our heart. And if you remember, when we started this sermon series three weeks ago, we talked about the issue of the heart and money, and the fact that Jesus says there's a special connection, a tight connection between our money and our hearts. And when he said, uh, you know, to where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. And so that that's uh, will reveal to us where our hearts are at, but we can also take advantage of that truth and move our hearts in a direction by putting our money in a particular direction, which is where Jesus said, lay up yourself treasures in heaven. And so uh, we began with the issue of the heart because really that's where it begins in the scripture. And we're going to find that it doesn't just begin with the heart, it also ends with the heart. Now, the second major area that is strongly connected with money is the area of faith. Faith. Because, you know, we have to, when it comes to our money, whether we're going to give, how much we're going to give, what we're going to choose to do with it, if we're going to do what God says with it, we have to make a choice to have faith, to believe him. To know, okay, here's what he says, and now I, I believe it. It's true, and I'm not only knowing that, I'm going to trust it to be true. And you remember talking about me deciding to step out on a board, knowing and believing that the board would hold me, but I only knew it until I actually took a step of faith and stood on it. And so that is with our giving. And, and since money affects so many areas of our lives, it affects almost every area of your life in some way. There's, money, there's a money component to it. When we have to have faith, that brings faith into every area of our lives, and that's a good thing. And so the issues that we have to deal with when it comes to money are good because it it requires us to make choices about whether we're going to believe God or not, and hopefully we make the choice to believe him. Now, when we really get down then to trying to ask and answer the question, how much money should I give? What we're going to find is that the answer to that question runs right through our hearts. And it it requires us to bring faith to bear in answering that question. How much should I give? We saw the heart connection. We saw the faith connection. Last week we talked about very practical ways that you give and how you do that. Well, today I want to answer for you the question, how much should you give? So let's, let's open our Bibles. Take your Bible and turn to the book of 2 Corinthians. Now, if you don't have a Bible with you, there's one in the pew, and we'd encourage you to follow along with us. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, it's page 1332 in the Bible that's there in the pew. Now, in this passage of Scripture, um, it, it, I think we talked about it before, but if you remember that... The Jewish believers in the area of Israel, there had been a famine, and they weren't doing so well. They were really struggling to get by. 
And the gospel had gone out from Israel, from Jerusalem, out into other parts of the world. And people like in the city of Corinth had gotten saved. And, and they have grown. And so all over the world there, where there were Christians, they heard about the need in Jerusalem. And so there was an or, they organized an offering. The Apostle Paul was collecting an offering from these churches all over the world to take to the poor believers in Jerusalem. And the question would come up, well, how much are we supposed to give? How do we know how much to give? And, and we find the answer, and I, I don't know that it's going to be satisfactory to you intellectually at first. You're going to say, what? That's the answer? Yeah, let me tell you how much you're supposed to give. Right here in verse number eight, or seven. Verse number seven says this. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So how much are you supposed to give? You're supposed to give however much you purpose in your heart to give. Now, on the face of it, that might sound like, that's it. <laughs> you know? Uh, someone could interpret this and say, okay, well, we'll just give whatever you feel like. That's not what it's saying here at all. In fact, the word that's, that's used right here, that word purpose, means to arrive at a firm resolve. So here you are, in your heart before God. And by the way, we, the heart's important, right? All the issues of life come out of it. It's interesting that when, when, when Paul really uh, sums up what we have to do to be saved, he says, if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. And notice, Jesus really is the Lord. He really is who he says he was. And, he, and then he says, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. The heart deals with things that matter. And so here in your heart, you before God are saying, God, what is it I'm supposed to give? How, how much am I supposed to give? What do you want me to do, God? And then you arrive at a conclusion. And it's like this. What he's saying, you give not, oh, okay, I think I'll do this or that. No, you say, okay, I'm going to give this. I've purposed in my heart. This is what God wants me to do. And I'm going to do it. So it's very much a conscious, thoughtful, purposeful decision between you and God about how you're going to give. And you're going to do it. You're re resolved. You have settled it. And that's why it says here, not grudgingly or of necessity. You won't be giving grudgingly because guess what? You're the one who made the decision. Nobody's telling you what you have to give. So it's not grudgingly, it's not of necessity. It isn't like, uh, like some of the things we saw in that video. It's the offering plate went by, oh man, I, I gotta give, I gotta give this. <laughs> no, because it's something you decided in your heart that you wanted to do. Big difference, isn't it? And therefore, you can get excited about it. See, here's the deal. You could show up, meet with the church, and you're gonna worship with the church, and part of the worship is giving that offering. And you're excited about it because you have with God reached a conclusion. You've purposed, I'm going to worship you, God, in this way. I'm going to give like this. And when the offering plate comes, you get to do it. And it's an exciting thing. It's the word cheerful probably doesn't, you know, in our English language, doesn't carry it for us. But a cheerful giver. I'm, a, I'm so glad that I get to, to worship God in this way. 
but you have to purpose in your heart. Now, what I want to show you something here, just kind of put something into your, your mind here. Look in verse number eight. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things. Let's stop right there. When you spend time with God and, and purpose in your hearts about what you're going to give, what he's going to lead you to give is going to require his working in your life. It's, it's going to be significant enough to you in your life that you're going to need God to work and to provide you with what you need because you're going to be giving away stuff and you're going to need God to provide for you. All right. So, we still haven't got to a dollar amount, have we? You say, okay, I want to do that. I want to, do I have any guidance here from God? Is there, has he given us any insight into what can help us? And, and yes, he has. There's two things we're going to look at today. And the first one is this, that you need to give proportionally. And actually, we looked at this last week. You remember? You need to give proportionally. This is the idea of a fixed percentage. Paul told them with respect to this offering, he says that every week you should bring uh, in what, however God has prospered you. How you have prospered. And that word prosper means how you have succeeded in your finances. So what has come in? Well, if, if a lot has come in, then you're going to give a lot back. If only a little has come in, you only have a little to give. Most of us, not all of us, but most of us have kind of a fixed income, don't we? And, I mean, we, we pretty much know what's coming in every week. And so it's, it's usually a pretty much a set kind of thing for us. But God has given us some guidance in this idea, this percentage, a fixed percentage. In my heart, I need to purpose with God. God, what do you want me to give? What, what percent do you want me to give of everything that comes in? And the Bible does give us some guidance about those things. Here's the thing. When we, we go to the Bible and we look for examples, okay? So here's what God has said. We get it. You give as you've purposed in your heart. You give proportionally. You give a percentage well, what percentage is that? Have you ever wondered why God just doesn't tell us things like this? How many of you would like just a rule book? Sometimes we think we would. But God doesn't deal with rule books. He deals with hearts. And so he doesn't tell you exactly what to do because he wants you to seek him. He wants you to wrestle with him about this and look at your life and say, how can I do this, what you want me to do? And so... <clears throat> The Bible does give us examples that we can look at. And we see back in the book of Genesis two examples. One is Abraham. Abraham has just had a great victory, and he is of a, a, a military victory, and he has increased by goods of all the goods that they want and animals that they want. And the Bible says that when he worshiped God, that he gave God a tithe of it. He gave God the first 10%. Right off the top of the pile, he gave to God. So there's our first example. Abraham gives 10%. Then there's Jacob, who's, who's not really living the way he's supposed to, but he has an encounter with God and says, you know, wow, I, I need to, to do what you want. I will do what you want, God. And he said, one of the things he says is, I will surely give you 10% of whatever you bring to me. And so there's 10% again. Another example, uh, and it's all through the, the law of Moses. You know, when Israel... Uh, had the, the law that, that God had given them, and we aren't under this law anymore, okay? That's, that, that was given to Israel for a specific time in history. Jesus fulfilled it. 
He lived it perfectly, so we don't have to try. But under that law, you remember we talked about this last week, they were given 23% plus. Okay, so there's, there's a percentage for you. 23% plus. We come over to the New Testament, and we see, you remember the story of Zacchaeus, the little guy who couldn't see, he wanted to see Jesus? You know, he was, he was a, a tax collector and was quite wealthy, and, and so he can't see, so he climbs up into the tree. Some of you could relate to this, I know. You climb up to the tree and to see Jesus, and Jesus sees him up there and says, Zacchaeus, somehow already knows his name, come down and come to your house. All right, so he goes up and shows his house. And Jesus tells us at some point that salvation has now come to this house. Zacchaeus has come to understand, you know, who Jesus is, probably what his own condition is. And Zacchaeus says to the Lord, he says, listen, I'm going to pay back anybody I've ever cheated with interest. And I'm going to give half my goods away. 50%. Now there's a percent for you. And then we have the story of the widow who only had two small coins. That was all she had, and she gave it all to the Lord. A hundred percent. All right, so these are the examples that we find in the Bible. Of, you know, when I'm saying, okay, God, what percent should I give? And I go look into the Bible, find these examples. And so these, um, here's a conclusion for you. When we look at the Bible, looking for examples of what people gave, when we have enough information to know what percentage they gave, okay, when we have that information, and God indicates that this was a positive thing, it was a good thing, the percent is never less than 10%. Now, does that mean that's what God says you have to give? No, what was the command? Every man give as you're what? Convinced in your heart. As you've purposed in your heart, you're convinced. This is what God, that's what you're supposed to give. But when you go trying to figure this stuff out and you go begin to look at the examples, this is what you find. And, and for me personally, and for my wife and I, it's so clear to us that the starting point for our giving has to be 10%. It has to be because that's when we've gone to God and searched in the scriptures. So we have purposed in our hearts that that is always the starting point for us. Now, is there, well, let me, let me just talk about that for a little bit. Because <laughs> I know there's some of you here today and there may be some of you here today who are, it's your first time here. And you walk into church and with all the stereotypes of, you know, preachers wanting your money and all that kind of stuff. And then you walk in, sure enough, the pastor says, I think you ought to get 10% of your money as a starting point. Um, I get that that could be a challenge. But what I want you to hear is this. You're going to, I'm telling you to give as you purpose in your heart with God. But what I don't want you to do is sell yourself short. I don't want you to go small with God on this. I want you to think big about it. Now, Glenda and I have, ever since we've been married, have been giving that first 10% as the starting point for our giving. And we're so grateful that we were taught this. Glenda was taught it growing up in church, 
And, and I came to Christ when I was 19 years old and then began to learn it. And I remember early on, you know, in those early years of my faith, thinking I was given well, you know, and, and out, out would come the, the giving record at the end of the year, and I'd go, oh, man, I missed a lot more times than I thought I did. So it's a growth process. But by the time we were married, we, we were settled on this, okay? And you might say, well, that's easy for you to say, Walt, 10%. You know, you're making a nice salary, and it's easy to, to do when, you know, you're in that situation. But let me say this to you. When we learned this, and when we did it, and learned what God would do, I didn't have a nice salary. There were a lot of years when we were scraping, just like a lot of you are. You're scraping to get by. You're trying to figure, how do we pay this bill? You know, how, we have a little less for groceries this week, and trying to figure all that out. And we, we did this, and, and then... Uh, you know, I, I moved off to go to Bible college and, and trying to work in part-time jobs and trying to make ends meet. And then we had our first son, and then we moved up here, a second one, a second child, third, uh, all the way up to six kids. And uh, we made a, a decision because we, we really believed God wanted Glenda to stay home with the kids, and then to, we wanted to teach them at home. And so we, we followed the Lord in that. And what, I want you, what I'm trying to say to you is that the things I'm telling you are things that we learned when it was hard. And that's not a pat on our back. This is a God glory thing. But that's when we learned. And, and there were times when we did without some things that we might have liked to have had, something that might have made life easier or more comfortable, or, uh, and we did without those things. But we have never, ever, ever regretted giving to God this way. It's only been a good thing in our lives. And, and what it did is it didn't just teach us about money. We began to believe that what God says in his word is true. I say began, we started there, but I mean we began to experience what God says in his word is true. And we learned it in the area of money, but also it, it you know, flowed out into other areas of life. Well, if we can believe God here, can we believe him here? Yeah. He's trustworthy here. He's trustworthy there. And, and so, again, the, the command to you is to give what you purpose in your heart with God. Okay, God, I believe this is what you want me to give, and you give it. And, and you don't answer to me for that. That's between you and God, and you need to settle that with him. And then purpose in your heart and do it. But, again, I don't want you to sell yourself short. I don't want you to think, oh, I don't know, I'm, I'm fearful, I, I don't know, you know. I, no, let's, let's take steps of faith and grow here. And one thing, please. Listen carefully. Do not do this. Please do not do this. Do not get all your bills out on the table. You know, you figure out your living expenses and all your bills and things you've got to pay and, and savings and, and health care. And then add it all up and say, okay, well, here's what we have left, if any, to give to God. Don't do that. Because what you have just effectively put into practice is saying, God, you come last. Don't do that. It's good to put all your bills on the table and figure out where you're at. But then you need to say, okay, God, what is it you want me to trust you for? What do you want me to do? We give to you first. And then we're going to trust you to help us work through all of this. And, and you know what? You may struggle to pay some bills. I had a car payment that I struggled to pay 
And I, I shouldn't have had a car payment. That's a whole other story. I should, just shouldn't have done it. But I struggled. But we kept giving it, and then we struggled. And I even had to pay. I, I couldn't pay in one month, so I put it late. You know, I put it to the end and had to pay the interest. And we did that a couple times. And we didn't pay that thing off until we'd been up here for a year or two. But I need to tell you, God drove that into my heart. $108.23. I still remember that payment to this day because of, but we gave to God. And um, he's taking care of us. The other thing that God says that we need to take into account as we're working on this percentage with him is that we need to be generous givers. Generous givers. Now, um, in fact, let's look here. Let's look back in our Bibles, page 1332 there. Chapter 9, verse 6. He says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. And then he says, okay, give what you purpose. But now verse number eight. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Have a what and a what? Abundance. More than you need so that you can be generous in your giving. God wants you to become a, God wants every Christian to become a generous giver. Now, generosity, it changes from person to person. Depends on your circumstances, right? If you're here today like we were so many years ago and you're scraping to get by, if, if you were by faith saying, I'm, I purpose in my heart, we're gonna give that 10% first, you might already be giving generously. Because, you know, you have really dug deep to trust God and do that. But if you're here like a lot of people today as well, that really, you're doing okay financially now. You know, you, you're way beyond the just scraping to get by part. And for you, generosity may come well after that first 10%. But the idea is we say we want to be generous in our hearts to God. We want to do it on purpose. Uh, the scripture says in 1 Timothy, it says, tell those who are rich in this world. And, and by the way, in the United States, we are rich in this world. Even those of us who are struggling are rich in this world. He says, tell those who are rich in this world to do good, to be uh, rich in good works, to be ready to give, willing to share. Jesus also said, to whom much is given, much is required. And so as God blesses us, we need to be generous in our giving. And I'm not talking just about to the church. I'm talking about become generous people. And, and I want to show you a video here. Uh, and let you watch it. It's about a family who took this to heart and said, we want to be generous givers. And, and, and so we want to give. We want to set up our lives so that we can do that. So watch. Very interesting. My wife and I met in college, and she's an actuary, um, so she sets the rates that agents charge for insurance. I'm a CPA by trade. I started in public accounting and now have been at Sears uh, Holdings Corporation for 13 years. So we both have been blessed to be in careers where we're able to make a good living, and we've been able to take some really amazing steps in our journey as a result. Our pastor talked about an individual who had a gift for uh, 
generating a lot of income and he had capped himself at a certain point and as additional funds came in, he just gave them away. When he gave to the church, he gave so generously that a lot of his friends and family told him that he was crazy. And so he asked Bill to just remind him every now and then that he wasn't crazy for giving to the level that he gives. That was something that my wife and I really resonated with. So we just began our journey of really looking at our resources as something that truly wasn't ours and, and how could we manage them well and be able to give more of them. We're trying to figure things out, what, what it was going to look like for us. So we decided that we wanted to live simply to cap what we were spending each month and to be able to give freely beyond that whenever a need arose. So we have managed our finances in a way that we could pay off our house, we can pay off our cars. We cut cable, we cut our home phone line, we've just simplified things. A lot of people ask us, why don't you get your new car, why don't you get a bigger house? And, and it's created some great conversations that we can say, you know, we, we don't need bigger, we don't need newer, we can uh, live simply off of what we have and that gives us the ability to give and more freely and to things that God's put on our heart. So every time another dollar comes in beyond what we were already living off of, we have the freedom to use it to help other people. So when someone needs help, we want people to know that they can come to us and we have the ability to help them. And instances have arisen where where friends have, or family have needed help with medical bills and we've been able to help them. Yeah, obviously in this culture, it, the, our kids are bombarded with all kinds of messages of they need this, they need that. And it's hard because we don't really want to feed into that. We want them to see that they can live differently. One thing that we decided to do this year was to give them $100 to give away. We wanted to see where their heart was, where their passion lied. When we've been out at restaurants, the kids have picked families in the restaurant where we would pick up the tab for their lunch. And they used their $100 that we gave them to be able to give away. We want our kids to see the difference that they can make with their little lives. Definitely by setting a cap and having these resources that we can give, it not only does it free us up to listen to God's whisper and to be able to respond more easily, but um, there's been so many uh, amazing instances that had we not made the decision to become debt-free and, and give freely, we would have missed out on it. So we're not trying to tell you that there's the details that that's what you're supposed to do in your life. But what I am saying is that we need to become generous people, generous givers. And we need to think about our lives that way. And you know what? There's some of you here who could very well, God could lead you to live like that and use you in that awesome and amazing way. Some quick examples of generosity in the, the Bible. Go back into the Old Testament, the book of Exodus, when they were putting together their place of worship and they started collecting money. And it says the people came and they gave and they gave and they gave and get this, they gave so much that they finally had to say, stop bringing it. Now don't count on me doing that anytime soon. Okay, I guess it could happen. But they were, you know, so generous, they just wanted to do this. We get over into the New Testament, in the book of Acts, and we see people uh, who maybe had an extra house, or maybe it was even their own, and they were downsizing their piece of property. They were selling those things and bringing it in and giving it. 
And look here, back in our Bible where we are. Look at the, the previous chapter. In chapter 8, I want to show you something else. In verse number 1, he says, Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing. These people were poor, very poor, he says, and yet they gave liberally. They gave generously. They gave all that they could. And then what's it said? They were willing to give more, but they didn't have more. You see, that's where we need to be. We need to purpose in our heart what we're giving to God and then do it and then give generously, become generous people, and we'll all hit a wall. But we need to be willing to do even more if God would enable us to do it. And, and I want to show you one other video here just to help you capture a vision for what God could do way beyond what you are able to do right now. And, and it's Francis Chan, some of you know him, but his story about these things. So let's show that video. You know, I grew up in a church that said, you know, you give 10%, period. So that's the goal, that's, if you get there, you're great, you're godly. Um, so I did that. And I did it faithfully, and sometimes I would give a little bit more if I felt guilty in a sermon. And, um, but then as I began to study the scriptures more, I saw, uh, I think I'm supposed to do more than that. And... Um, so I started giving a little bit more, and the Lord just kept taking care of us. Um, but then the real change took place when I went to Africa the first time, and, and I felt something for the people, and I loved the people. And it wasn't giving out of guilt, it wasn't giving out of anything more than want and love. It's like, wow. I would much rather build them a high school than buy a new truck. You know, like that would give me much more joy because these are friends of mine now. And so that's when things started to change. And then when I look at it biblically, I go, yeah, and I think that's right. I don't think it's just God wants me to give for his glory, absolutely everything for his glory. But I, I don't see him detaching our human affections or even supernatural affections for people from our giving. I think he wants that. And I think that's the whole love piece. And that's when we just, I came home from Africa and said, uh, you know, honey, let's, let's just see how much we can give away. Let's just figure it out. Let's start selling things. Let's, let's go nuts on this um, because I fall in love with these people. And as we started doing that and giving more and more, the Lord just blessed us more and more. Um, I mean, crazy things where I would sense like God wanting me to give $50,000, you know, the next year. And I think, well, that's about what I make. You know, <laughs> like, how do you just give away? It's like, okay, Lord, help me. I want to do that then. And we were able to do it, you know? And then it was like, wow. But I think the Lord wants me to give 100000 next year. It's like, we didn't even make that. And 
it's just these crazy things. It's like, okay, let's just go for it, see what happens. And sure enough, we're able to do it. And then I was like, oh no, I really think the Lord wants us to give a million dollars next year. And it's just like, wait, okay, now it's being, now we're getting silly here. Okay, this is just stupid. You know, you're talking about a guy that was making 36 grand a year and within a couple years really believing God saying, I want you to give away a million, and you just go, okay, God, you can do anything. And sure enough, you know, I mean, this is just stupid. This is just ridiculous. Anyone that would follow and look at my life and, and see what God said and then see the results and go, eh, it's just coincidence. It, it's just ridiculous. Um, so God has always blessed when I've given, and the more faith and the I'm just getting more and more enjoyment out of it. Um, so I just do it more and more. And, and I'm not saying I can't be tempted um, by that because I can be tempted in any area. And so knowing that, what we did was we, we gave over the rights of crazy love to a, a charity, a charitable gift fund. So this way I knew I can't even touch it if I wanted to, just in case I change my mind later and get greedy and want it. You know, it was like, let's just hand it over so once I sign it, I don't have to be tempted by it and yet we have control over it to give it to anyone we want, which is an absolute blast. Or any charity one, we can't just write a check to my mom. Um, it uh, has to go to a charity, charity. So it's just, it's a blast to just go, oh, they need a hospital there? No way, you know, it's just so fun. What you to see is that here these Poor people were saying, God, we're willing to do more. We've given all we can see how to give, but we're willing to give more. And, and, and what I really want you to see is this. If God is putting something in your heart to give, go for it. Don't hold back. Give as you've purposed in your heart. And so that's what we come down to. The answer, how much do I give? Start with your heart. Give your heart to God and then give to God from your heart. And go for it. Like, seriously, whatever, if God's putting in your heart to give this percentage, this percentage, or, or something else, purpose in your heart and then do it. God will provide for you. God will work in your life. God's word is true. You can count on what he said being true. You will experience it in your life. You have no reason to hold back. I guarantee you will never, ever regret giving to God what he's put in your heart to give. All right, so practical suggestion for you here. Next Sunday. Now, next Sunday just happens to be Easter. And just to tell you, the, the, the real truth for most churches and preachers is on special days like Easter, the offerings are lower because I think people are busy, you know, thinking about going to grandma's or getting a meal ready or getting the kids ready for, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but setting all that aside, next week, next Sunday, here's, here's my challenge to you. My challenge to you is to give the way we're talking about here today. Just one Sunday, one Sunday. I want you to say, you sit down with God and say, okay, God, what do you want me to give? And I'm challenging you to start at 10%. Between you and God, but I'm saying, take that challenge. And God, I'm going to give that much and then add a little bit to it. By the way, if you're going to give a percentage, say 10%, don't give us $19.27. Round it up to 20. I mean, you can do it. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
Be generous. And then think about, okay, so I'm going to give this, this percent and this is going to be this much money and I'm going, to, I'm going to add something to that just to be a free will offering to God. Maybe it's only a dollar. Maybe it's $100. That's between you and God. But I'm going to do that. And then to missions, missionaries, faith promise missions. I, want to, I do want to help get the gospel out to the world so people can get saved like I did. And I'm going to give something to that. Something. Even if it's just a dollar. Maybe it's $10, $50, whatever. I'm going to give something to that. And then on the envelope it says benevolence fund. Remember that's our deacon's fund. And that's money that goes to help people who get them, find themselves in financial difficulties. And we're able to help them. Say, so, man, I want to help people with that. Give something to it, even if it's just a dollar or more, whatever. But would you do this next Sunday? I'm going to do, I'm going to give this way. Just, just one Sunday. And then you take it up with God after that. Again, say, okay, God, what do you want me to do the following Sunday? But this one Sunday, I'm asking you to do this. I'm challenging you to do it. And by the way, if you already give this way, my challenge to you is to give a little more next Sunday. And then you talk with God again and decide what he wants you to do the following Sunday. But try it. Will you step out in faith and try it? Step out in faith and do what God says. And he will do what he says. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word and what it teaches us in, in this area, Lord, that's sometimes a challenge to us. We need you to work in our lives. We need you to see things the way they really are, that all things ultimately come from you and that you can provide and that you want to use us to, to give and support your work and honor you. You want us to give in ways that give us a testimony for your reality in our lives. You're working. How oh God, stir us, change us, not just in the area of money, but use us, Father, to to create change all through our lives. That as we're on this mission together, that you've given us to reach the world, that we'll know you can do it because we've already learned to trust you in this area of our lives. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.